You're listening to Fan Holes, a podcast for fans by the fans. Secret Brothers. I have clinical. You guys are like wasting my time right now. Hey, baby. What's <laughs> going on? This is my microphone voice. <laughs> Where do you buy those that? I need one. Yeah, I don't know what the fuck is going on. I didn't invent honorable mentions, mister. <laughs> I have a headset. It looks way cool. You should all be jealous. I, uh, we are. I'm with Mike on that one. I'm a woman! <laughs> it is our show. It's called Fan Holes, not, you know, what you guys want. <laughs> <laughs> We do a podcast? What the fuck? Yeah, what a vision to fan holes. The pop culture podcast made for the fans. For the fans. I don't know what you're saying. Could you please repeat that? I don't know what you're saying. What? I can't. I, I don't know what you're saying. I can't understand what you're I don't know what you're saying. I, I feel like we're having. Two different conversations here. Where is it? Victory has defeated you. Where is the saying? I stand on ceremony, Fanhole. None of the folks listening can understand you, boys. Fanhole's a pop culture podcast made for the fans, by the fans. That's a lovely voice. Meow. Hey guys, welcome back to another exciting and stupendous episode of Fan Holes Podcast. Tonight we're going to be talking about two, it's it's the DC Palooza tonight on Fan Holes, which is probably why Brian's not here. Um, but uh, it is the DC Palooza, we're going to be talking about uh, the DC Nation shorts that have been airing on Cartoon Network. And then we're going to follow that by talking about Young Justice. But no, not the Young Justice cartoon that's airing on Cartoon Network. We want to delve into the Young Justice comic book series, which, you know, is a tie-in to that series. But it's it's run for about 20 or so issues. And so we wanted to uh, delve into that and kind of give some of our thoughts on those issues as well. But joining me tonight are some of my fellow fan holes. So go ahead and sound off, guys, for the listeners at home. Hey, it's Mike, but I'm secretly Jason Todd. And this is Justin Grimlock. Who is in love with Miss Martian. <laughs> of course. Hello, Justin. <laughs> what began in DC Comics now comes to Cartoon Network. DC Nation. So, uh, yeah, uh, so I guess I guess we're, we, we were already kind of bullshitting about this before we even started the show, but yeah, um, you know, DC Nation, basically, uh, you know, they have all these, what, what uh, I guess in, people in the biz like to call interstitials, which, you know, basically is some made-up bullshit word that means there's something inserted in between, like, two different TV shows or, you know, in between two skits or something like that. And so, you know, a lot of the times you'll be watching, you know, Green Lantern, and then, you know, there'll be this DC Nation short, and then, you know, you watch, uh, you know, Young Justice, and maybe at the commercial break you'll also see one of these, you know, random kind of DC Nation shorts. And so, uh, you know, they've been going on for a while now, so there's probably, a, you know, a good number of them and stuff, and there's various different shorts to talk about. I know, uh, you know, maybe we should get, like, the, the bitching out of the way first, because I know uh, <laughs> some of us wanted to 
go into the uh, Ardman shorts. I guess that's how you say that. But uh, that's a studio, I guess, it'd probably be most familiar to people for like stuff like the Claymation, stuff like Wallace and Gromit, or uh, what is it, like Chicken Run, Run Chicken, the thing they ripped off? Chicken Run. Chicken Run, yeah, yeah. Where they, they uh, you know. Anyway, you know, you got... <laughs> You get those those things. I, I I used to have a girlfriend that was all big into Wallace and Gromit, so I'm pretty familiar with Wallace and Gromit. Um, and so the Ardman shorts, I guess they call them Batman shorts, but they seem to feature you know a lot of characters from the Batman universe and then Superman. But I mean, for all intents and purposes, uh, they're supposed to be humorous one minute shorts, but it looks like you know, the producers or the writers or whoever just grab their kids and listen to them make poopy noises for like... <laughs> I was going to say, <laughs> then, like, quote, they, unquote, they, humorous. They, they animated, uh, you know, claymation versions of, you know, Batman, Robin, Catwoman, Joker, and Superman to to what was, you know, their oh-so-darling children's dialogue or something. That That's what it seems like to me. And, uh... You know, I, I don't know. You guys can talk about this some more because I know I know we want to at least talk about it about how goofy it is. You know, where they're kind of like, oh yes, you know, uh, Wonder Woman. Uh, she doesn't wear much clothes now, does she? Oh, you know, and they're laughing about whatever, and you're just kind of like, what the fuck did I just watch, basically? I am going to do her many jumps as I can do in a minute. <laughs> well, what do you guys? I mean. I, I don't find them very funny or even like charming or anything. Yeah, yeah, they're I, just kind of. I don't know. They're just kind of like you know. I don't know. I feel like my time's been wasted. Basically, they, they hurt my brain. <laughs> yeah, especially like the one. You know, the one that hurts my brain the most is like they. They. You know, at least when like kids are talking about something, like your brain kind of kicks in and you're trying to like follow what they're talking about exactly like you know oh i'm bouncy and i'm like okay catwoman's bouncy and she's gonna jump across a fucking building or something like you're kind of following some limited thing along but then there was like this one where it was like batman and robin are in the bat cave and it's just batman like running back and forth across the screen <laughs> i'm just like and then it ends and i'm just kind of like what the what the fuck was that like oh you know, like i don't know they they were they gave them money and that's what they came up with. Yeah, yeah, like, basically. Yeah, basically, yeah, yeah. I mean, that's that's too bad. I mean, even if it is for like for little kids, it's just it's just not funny at all. Like, even if I was a little kid, I don't think I would find that funny at, at all. Yeah, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna speak for little children or whatever or what they find funny, but uh, but I know I'm not. You know, I'm kind of with Mike. I'm not that amused by it. But that's not the only. Uh, that's not the only short they have on DC Nation. I know we just kind of wanted to get that off our chest because I know that's some of the the earliest things that we were kind of talking about or whatever. But um, you know, they they've also got. Uh, I, I I guess we'll we'll go from from worst to best, hopefully, in this train of thought. And as I as I moderate, but uh, there's there's also the Super Baby of Tokyo, which is is not as bad as the Ardman things, I would say, but is also kind of strange where it's a. Uh, it looks like a Japanese animated short, and all of a sudden, like, this blonde Superman who's chubby, like, gives a baby his cape, and then he's, like, baby Superman, so it's like Superman running around in a diaper for no reason with a Japanese flag in the background and some kooky-ass shit. Thoughts? Craziness? Wackiness? 
Any anything to say about Baby Crazy Superman and Okie? Okay? It, it's not as bad as the DC Funniest Claymation ones, but I still like. I just watch it, and I'm like, well, what did I just watch? Like, I don't, yeah, yeah. I don't get it. Yeah, it's like weird and like off color, and like I don't know. It's I'm just yeah. It's like I don't know. It's like I guess it's 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 exactly what they made it like. Uh, it's like you know, it's something from the lens of another like culture, and like it it doesn't quite. I don't think it quite works like so well. But I don't know. Maybe if if I like maybe if I like heard the animators like perspective on it or something, you know. I don't know, it, it feels off to me. Yeah, yeah, both both those, I think, feel kind of like an off type thing. It's, it seems like you would need, like, a 15-minute commentary to just to explain, like, a minute and 17-second cartoon, kind of. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> like, like you'd, you'd go into all this build-up for something that really isn't that long at all. I mean, I guess I guess the main thing, it seems like they, they try to focus on, I mean, th- there seems to be a few things that turned out to be a little serious, but it seems like because they're so short... They seem to uh, edge on the side of comedic more than anything else, or at least that's that's their goal. You know, whether or not they reach that, you know, comedic goal. I mean, we could talk about something like, you know, they've got the Animal Man shorts, where you know he's running around. You know, and I guess the big pun or joke of that is, you know, instead of saving, you know, maybe a human being from getting run over by a train, he's pushing the cow out of the way or whatever because he's <laughs> animal man you know or, <laughs> animal man yeah, yeah. I like and for some for some reason like like i i know like if you were a big proponent of you know animal rights and you read grant morrison's animal man run you, you may not be like oh yes this is the greatest thing ever but you know i, I have to admit that that whole uh theme or whatever you want to call it like gets really catchy like where you know you're sitting there in private and nobody's listening to you and you're just like I think we've kind of joked about this before, but I think it's funny. It's like if some little kid watched those shorts and was like, yeah, I want to read Animal Man, and then he picks up the comic, he's going to be like, Mommy, <laughs> yeah. why is Animal Man rip an elephant in half? Yeah, it's like, what the hell's going on? I, mommy, I don't understand the existential implications of this comic. Well, it's interesting because I guess, I mean, I don't know, I, I wouldn't go so far as to say Wes Craven's Swamp Thing movie is like this Animal Man short, but it wasn't exactly the same Swamp Thing I ended up reading when I read, like, Alan Moore's Swamp Thing or whatever, so who knows? Maybe, you know, maybe there's some bright kids out there who could, you know, if they're, uh, you know, maybe watching this when they're seven and then they're, like, you know, 10, 11, 12, you know, could actually make that leap later on. But, yeah, it would be kind of funny for, like, you know, somebody who's, like, you know, five is like, Animal Man's the greatest, and then, you know, they read about the rot and... Scarred for life. You know, you know <laughs> dead, dead uh, you know, bugs and all kinds of stuff coming up from under the ground and all that kind of stuff. Years of therapy. So uh, I, I know one of the more, at least it must be one of the more popular shorts because they're trying to make a full series out of it next year, or 2013, depending on whenever this airs. Um, but uh, they are trying to make a full series out of the, the new Teen Titans shorts, which is, you know, it basically has the same voice cast as uh, the, uh, you know, the Teen Titans cartoon from like, like it started in like 2003 or whenever it started. And so, uh, you know, you've got all those original voice actors back. You know, it's 
Robin, Beast Boy, uh, Starfire, Cyborg, and Raven as the you know the core Teen Titans team and everything. I mean, are you guys happy that they're making a full length series out of that? Do you like them better as you know the one or two minute shorts? I mean, you know, what what are your thoughts on that? I I liked them. I I, I think they're all pretty funny and uh, like I I guess like when I first saw it, I was like, wow, I didn't realize like how much I missed like these guys. You know, <laughs> sort of like. Uh, it's more of a comedic bent, but it's still like, oh, the, you know, the, the, these, like, you know, the voice actors, like, really knew their characters, and there was, like, a real, like, rapport, it seems like, between all of them, and, you know, it kind of, it's kind of infectious, I guess. It's like I'm inside the movie. Monster! The miracle of binocular vision. I'm floored. Can we go now? I don't think these things work on me, stupid cybernetic eye. Here's a thought. What if you made the characters three-dimensional? Like, you know, they're they're having fun and adventures, and, like, you're having fun and adventures with them. So, you know, it's I, I like them a lot, and I'll, I'll probably tune in to see, like, the actual show. What about you, Justin? Like, do you like those shorts? Are you, are you amused by them? Yeah, I, I've liked all of the ones that I've seen, like... I don't know if like a full like twenty some minute show of like stuff like that will be will like keep my attention, um, but I'll watch it. Like I'm you know I'm not against them bringing them bringing them back at all. Yeah, I think uh, the one that I liked the best was the it's called Turn Back the Clock, but basically like yeah. you know Mad yeah, Boss running around in like a Doctor Who you know box or whatever, and they're going through all the different time periods. And for me, I'm like, dude, vindication, motherfuckers. Because what is what's the first Starfire, what's the yeah. first thing Starfire does when she turns into the '80s version of Starfire? That's right, she Eek. covers she covers the fuck up. So don't be telling me that all of a sudden Starfire turned slutty. She was always fucking slutty. God damn it, Derek. What about the one where um, she learns language by kissing people? Yeah, exactly. exactly. So I, I like when uh, like Beast when they, when they do the '90s. Oh thing yeah. Like you got a mullet, and then he like reaches back, and he's got one too, and he's like, ah! "Yeah, that's pretty sweet." I, I thought all that stuff was really funny. Yeah, I enjoyed that. So, I mean, in that sense, I guess we're we're laughing about it now. I mean, you know, definitely. Whereas, you know, some of those other shorts, at least the uh, the early ones we we're talking about, are kind of weird and off kilter to us. Like this one, definitely tapped into something where you know you're, you're definitely amused in that minute where where you see the characters on screen, and then it's also got kind of a you know, a nostalgic tint to it, you know, especially if you enjoyed that, that version I was of the say, Titans. Like, I, I, I liked the Red X one, too, where, you know, Beast Boy's pretty much taking, like, the fans, like, stance, like, you're clearly Jason Todd, you know, and then they keep ripping off his mask, and they're like, oh, you're him, Slade, you know, and then it's, like, Silky, and then, like, it's, like, everyone, and then it's, yeah, and then it's, uh, Jason Todd again, and Beast Boy's like, I knew it! <laughs> And then it's Larry. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I'm Larry. Is there uh, any anything? I mean, I guess there hasn't been too many serious shorts. Like, the, the one I was going to bring up that I was uh, kind of happy to see, but they still haven't really concluded it yet, because I guess they've postponed airing the newer shorts uh, as of, you know, as of this recording. But, uh, you know, the, uh, the Sword of the Atom is kind of more of a serious one, which my my theory is, I was pretty sure they, they had announced the Atom as some kind of DC showcase way back when, and I think because of the way that, 
you know, the video sales for those kind of fell off when they did that compilation DVD and they decided not to move forward and not to make any more DC showcases. It seems to me like they probably already made that sort of the Atom one for, you know, a straight-to-video to release. But it seems like they just chopped it up, you know, into like two-minute segments or something like that. But I'm, I'm a pretty big fan of the Atom and that whole... You know, I like that miniseries a lot, so I, I was kind of happy to see it. You know, done in a, uh, you know, more. I guess you know they've kind of they kind of touched on it a little bit in Batman: Brave and the Bold, but you know, I was kind of happy to see it kind of done, quote unquote, proper. You know, where it's just you know the Atom, and he doesn't have to have Batman, you know, teaming up with him and stuff like that. So uh, you know, I, I was kind of excited to see something a little more. You know, on a serious note, like I, I think I think DC Nation could be a you know a good medium to expose people to other characters, you know, that they're not as familiar with. And, you know, my, my, my thing of it is, is if they want to do more comedic stuff, like maybe they could try using properties, you know, it's kind of like, like they have the plastic man shorts with uh, what's his face that does Iron Man's voice on superhero squad. Like, like, you know, plastic man is kind of inherently comedic, you know, sort of for the most part, you know? And I, I would think if you're going to go with like comedy, maybe you'd want to do something like, you know, an ambush bug short. Or, you know, Amazing Man short, or, you know, Captain Carrot and the Zoo Crew or something. You know, something that's like, yeah, it might not be, like, great for a full-length animated feature or whatever, but nobody's going to, you know, nobody's going to freak out over, you know, 59 seconds of Captain Carrot. You know, it might be kind of cool. I'm surprised they haven't done Captain Carrot, like, you know, at this point. Like, I'm kind of surprised. But, uh, but yeah, I, you know, I like the Atom, too, and, uh, like, the Sword of the Atom shorts. Like, those are my favorite, like, out of all these shorts. I mean, I really like the, uh, the Teen Titans one. But, uh, the yeah, Sword I mean, of the Atom one is my favorite. Uh, yeah, me, me, too. I mean, I would hope even that, you know, even if they couldn't do more DC showcases, that maybe, you know, they could use DC Nation as a format to kind of keep doing those. I mean, it, it, it was still a little on the, the, the comedic edge, but even, like, the vibe short was a little more like a DC showcase than some of the other ones. It's not like it's not like the characters' designs were so exaggerated, you know, like, they were, they, they didn't look kind of, I guess, for lack of a better word, they weren't cartoony, you know, they looked more like, if you saw that character design of vibe on Young Justice, it's not like you would be like, oh my god, what's he doing there? You know, <laughs> you would kind of fit in to that, you know, universe per se, you know, so... Wouldn't wouldn't you be oh my god what's he doing there with vibe anyway? <laughs> I'd be I'd be like oh my god uh, w- Raul has escaped from from that episode of Transformers <laughs> and jumped young Jess. Where's tracks? Yeah, I, I think of all like the characters and properties they picked like that's the most surprising thing that they picked and it was actually good like I enjoyed that short. Yeah, yeah. I, although I was kind of like I, I when I was looking at it, I'm kind of like what's with uh, what's with uh, Doctor Ivo like. <laughs> he had that kind of weird piggy nose or yeah. what it was. And I was just like, uh, I wonder whose idea that was. Like, what was the thinking behind that? It's like, oh, he can't just be like a mad scientist. No, we got we to gotta spruce him up and make him look extreme or something. And it's like, oh, let's make his nose extreme or something. And I was like, okay. Yeah, but, but um, yeah, I mean, it, and then uh, let's see. I don't know. Was there any other shorts or anything else that you guys wanted to uh, to bring up or talk about? What what do you guys think of like I, I guess I sh- I just I just call it basically the Powerpuff Girls one uh, basically okay. with the super best you know, friends forever yeah <laughs> hey Grundy didn't anyone ever tell you that the freaks come out at night 
Prepare for battle, dead one. You'll face defeat at the hands of the Zeboops! I think, I think they made Supergirl, like, a sadist or something. Like, I don't know what's up with Supergirl. Like, she, she always seems to, like, want to beat the shit out of everybody. And I'm, I'm always kind of thinking in terms of, like, realistic Kryptonian strength. And I'm just kind of like, wow, I'm surprised she hasn't killed anybody yet. You know what I mean? Like, and then I, I kind of, I don't know if you saw, the, like, the latest one, but I, I feel bad for Solomon Grundy. Like, what the, I don't, I don't get the message of that one where it's like Solomon Grundy's basically like, I don't want to fight girls. And then they practically, like, beat the hell out of him to get him to fight them. And I'm kind of like, if Solomon Grundy, like, wants to walk away from a fight, like, why would you want to escalate that? You know, like, I don't, I don't know. I don't, I don't get, you know, it, it seemed to be like, we're girls and we won't be insulted by your, you know, chauvinism by not fighting us. And I'm kind of like, wait, so it's chauvinistic now not to punch a girl in the face? Like, when did, <laughs> did I miss, did I miss the memo? Like, when did this memo go out and how did I miss it? You know, like, that was kind of my attitude towards that. But, uh. I don't know. What, what do you think, Justin? Like, since he brought up super best friends forever. Some of them I like, and then some of them I don't really care for. Like, I haven't seen the Solomon Grundy one. I'll have to watch that when we finish this. Um, but like, the one where Batgirl has to like escape from her house and get to the crime scene before the others. I like that one. The one where they go for like a joyride and the Invisible Jet. Like, I don't really care for that one. Um, but, like, another little rant, kind of like how it's like, you know, kids would be scared to read the real Animal Man comic. It's like, you know, if little girls like, if little girls like Supergirl, they can read Supergirl. If they like Batgirl, they can read Batgirl. If they like, um, Donna Troy, they can't read Donna Troy because she doesn't exist in the New 52 at all. She's vanished. Yeah, that's, I was going to ask you if you were happy that she was there or not happy, because I know you're, you know, I know obviously like you're a fan, so it's like I was even thinking about that in context of, of the Young Justice cartoon, like, because technically it doesn't look like Donna Troy even exists yeah. in that universe either, you know, it's like sometimes it's hard to, uh, you know, because you have all those generations, it's like somehow Robin gets away with it because Batman's super popular and you have like, you know, 15 fucking generations of Robins. You know, I'm exaggerating, but you know what I mean. Like, you've got at least, you know, four to five generations of different Robins running around, you know, including, you know, spoiler and all that other stuff, you know. So it's like, you know, but in the meanwhile, you know, it's like, oh, well, it's too complicated for these other guys. Like, we got to skip over, at least, you know, in the New 52 right now, they got to skip over Donna Troy and Wally West, and they don't even really exist, you know. And who, I, I don't know, you've been reading Aquaman more than I have. Like, who... Does anybody exist in Aquaman? Is there an Aqualad at all, or do they there, just not mention They haven't even brought up the subject of Aqualad, so okay. I didn't, if he exists, I don't know who he would be. Like they haven't, I don't even think they've mentioned like, Tula or anybody. Huh, um, okay. But like on the subject of uh, Donna Troy, like I, you know, I'm glad they haven't completely forgot about her, but to be honest, I'm surprised that they didn't use Cassandra in that short since she's in Young Justice. But, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, it's kind of a two-edged sword. It's like, well, she's there, but she's nowhere else. So I guess you take what you is, get. Is uh, Cassandra in, like, the new Teen Titans book? Or? Yes. Okay. I mean, I, I've only read that first issue, so I haven't been consistently reading it, so I don't know if the lineup's changed since that first issue, but she was she was definitely there in the first issue with Tim Drake and Bart and whoever else was on the team. I was going to say, it seems like Tim Drake, like, escaped that, you know, void 
just for being like a Batman yeah, character. No, but definitely. even that, like he, like they, he didn't. He got something like stripped away from him. Like he's not Rob. He was what it was. It he was never Robin now. Or yeah, it's I, like I, what's I, the I, new I, history? I've not read any of that, so I have no idea. I think the retcon is that he was never Robin, but he's always been Red Robin or something. Ah. <laughs> So he always like served burgers and shit. A high <laughs> Red <point>. Robin. Um, <laughs> speaking of of Wonder Girl, also, I guess I might as well broach this as well, and and it, it might per- pertain to Mike because of the way I'm going to phrase the question. But uh, what do you think of uh, uh, Wonder Girl's, you know, winds of destiny change, like <laughs> fake foreign, like wannabe Greek <laughs> accent or whatever, whatever? Like, what do you think of that choice? For them to go that route with her, her, uh, her. I don't know if it's a voice actor choice or if it's a you know voice director choice or whatever. You know, they, I guess they want to switch it up from like you know, Batgirl seems to be like the really super excited, like oh my gosh, oh my god, guys, like we're best friends. And you know, Supergirl's kind of like I said, she's more of a kind of violent, <laughs> crazy woman. Where she's like, <laughs> you know, she's all mad and everything the whole time. It's like, what do you mean you're not gonna fight a Solomon Grundy? You know, or whatever. And she's all kind of mad, and, uh, you know, meanwhile, you've got, uh, you know, Donna Troy, who seems to be like, she, it's almost like she's the adult, or at least, you know, if, if the other two are like, you know, 14, 15, you know, she's like 17, kind of going, okay, girls, like, let's get our bag lunches ready, and, you know, like, that. but I'm like, <laughs> it's always got to be this weird, like, I don't even know, it's like, it's like, I want to say, like, they're trying to go with the Greek thing for, like, the Amazon stuff, but it doesn't really sound that way. It just sounds like this generic, it's kind of like Scarlet Witch. It's like, where's Scarlet Witch from? It's like, oh, some fake foreign country that they made up. It's, it's like, some what? kind of European oh, Wonder accent, Core. Yeah. Where's that? Somewhere in Europe, Slavia. You know, like, what? <laughs> you know, it's just kind of, like, made up. So it's like, there's no, it's like, we don't have any rules on how this accent should sound. So we're just going to fucking make it up but uh i mean what did you like justin did you listen to it and you're like awesome wonder girl or did you have a was there a little (laughs) off feeling what what? (laughs) yeah what i heard that was like wait why 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 does she sound like that like whenever i read you know certain characters in comics you put a voice with them either from like something you've heard with the character previously or you just pull something out of your brain but like i never pulled that kind of accent out of my brain from uh, donna (laughs) troy at all like it you know, I, I saw that short, heard that voice, and I was like, what? <laughs> okay. Yeah, I, I have exceedingly limited uh, experience with the character, but I never, like, pictured her having, like, an accent like that or anything, so. Okay. Yeah, I just wanted to see if it was just me or if, uh, you know, if I was the crazy one or if, it, you know, it's, like, no big deal. Because I'm sure there's plenty of people out there where they don't, you know, they don't pay it two minds or whatever. But for me, I, it definitely, like, caught me off guard where I was like, huh? What? Like, because, you know, I guess maybe, you know, sometimes you're spoiled. You know, you get used to, like, certain, like like you're saying with the, the Teen Titans voice actors, you know, they all seem to fit the characters pretty well and everything. And they all have different, distinct individual voices and everything. But, you know, it's like you can tell, like, you know, not only is it, you know, slightly nostalgic, but they, they, they were well cast you know, the first time around, and sometimes that can even make or break a, you know, a short. You might, like, go, ah, this doesn't sound like, 
you know, Superman, or this doesn't sound like Batman or whatever and stuff like that. I mean, what what do you think about the whole, like, Batman-Superman type stuff? I mean, it seems like Superman, like, the Super Baby thing's kind of weak, and the Aardman thing's kind of weak for Batman and Superman. Like, is there any, like, other Batman-type stuff, you know, that, like, do, you know, like, for, for me, like, it's like... I guess I just kind of wanted to mention how, you know, they also, besides the animated shorts, they also have these little live action pieces where basically they're testing, you know, different weapons in the DC universe and everything. And so, like, my, my kind of thing about that is it's like I would like to see one where, it, like, it doesn't work because it's like every one of these ones, it's like we've got, you know, a professional boomerang thrower or a professional dart guy who's going to throw, you know, a real batarang we've made. Will he throw it? Will it succeed? And it's like, yes! <laughs> you know, and then they do something stupid where you're like, you know, okay, we've got uh, Robin's bow staff. We've got a professional bow staff martial artist, you know, bloggity bloggity blog to, you know, totally use it and see if it holds up. Will it? Yes! You know what I mean? It's like, it's like, it's like there's no, like, tension, because I'm like, oh, all, obviously it's going to be yes for everything. And then, you know, they, they do the uh, the boxing glove thing, and I'm like, oh, fucking A, man. You know this boxing glove thing isn't going to work, right? Like, And I'm like, I'm like, come on, man. Like, at least have the courtesy to be like, boxing glove? Will it work? Fuck no. You know? <laughs> but no, it's like, boxing glove? Does it work? And then it's like, it shatters, like, all these glasses or something, and it's kind of like, yes! And I'm just kind of like, what? Like, but anyway, <laughs> I'm just kind of like, you know, the, like, that kind of thing kind of cracks me up, because it's like, apparently everything they use works, you know? I want them to, like, do, like, we got a magic lasso, and it's hooked up to a lie detector, and we're going to put it, you know, over, you know, the, you know... You know, this this criminal who robbed the bank, you know. Did you rob the bank? No, I didn't. <laughs> Will it work? You know, yes. You know, or whatever. You know, I don't know. But, you know, just something new. We've got this Flash costume. Will it fit into this ring? <laughs> <laughs> Will it work? It's like, yes. And the guy's, like, tripping all over the fucking costume. And he fucking breaks his neck. You know, just something like that. But, you know, whatever. I guess they can't have any fun with it. It's always got to be, like, super cool or something oh, I, like that. They will admit they're better than the Marvel ones yes. that are on Disney XD. Yeah. The, so like, those are like, you know, would Iron Man's armor be practical? And then, like, they, like, make the armor, and they're like, see, it works. And I'm like, that's just like a model of his yeah. armor. <laughs> and, like, the, you know, I kind of like, it's like, can Joe Quesada draw the Hulk? Will he do it? Yes, you know, I don't know. It's like they have these kind of boring ass. Yeah, I mean, yeah. The, the, or I think there was one where the, the dude was like, they were trying to sell like the rocket propulsion or something. But I think it was some guy riding one of those uh, water propulsion packs or whatever. Yeah, the jet packs. You know? So yeah. it's like you're kind of like, okay, like I guess that's cool. I don't know what the hell it has to do with Iron Man, but okay. You know, like, you know. So if Iron Man's armor was powered by water, it would totally <laughs> work. Yes. It's like they should have used that water pack thing for uh, for Calderon or Aqualad's, uh, you know, water blades. Can we totally make water into a blade and, like, chop down a tree? Yes. But <laughs> it's like it always works. But, um, yeah, I mean, uh, unless anybody else has anything else to say about, uh, uh, like, DC Nation or anything, uh, we'll, we'll go ahead and move on, but I'll just throw it out there one last time. I thought those uh, Catwoman shorts were really weird. Like, the animation was really good, but it, 
it's like when Batman shows up, it's like they took Dracula and combined him with Cyclops, and then that's that's Batman. <laughs> like that was really weird. Oh, when they were trying to do those, like it was like it was like Bane and Catwoman and Batman of Shanghai, I guess, because there there were yeah. I guess there were Chinese animators or whatever. So, I mean, it, it, I guess like in that sense, like DC Nation could be a good fertile ground for like exploring Elseworlds, you know, type concepts and stuff. I wouldn't, yeah, I wouldn't mind seeing more like serious ones. I guess. Yeah, like I, I'm, I'm still waiting for Doom Patrol. Like they, they showed uh, some kind oh, of like yeah, preview yeah. image, but the, it hasn't premiered yet. And uh, Amethyst. Well, too, yeah, like, I was gonna say like Amethyst and Doom Patrol, and then also I guess there's supposed to be like a Black Lightning thing with his kids or whatever, like as one of the shorts. So yeah, there's all that stuff. Who knows? Maybe, maybe Tony Isabella. I remember there was always some big deal with Black Lightning. I can't imagine they, they take off the whole block just for Black Lightning, but I wonder if, if that's part of why there's a big delay to air some of these new ones or whatever. But people always have a bunch of theories. Like, I remember what, Mike, you were saying at first, they were talking about the Milestone characters, and then they are talking about Stephanie Brown and all this other crap, so... You know, and it all <laughs> yeah. turned out to be bullshit, so... You know. Throw, throw the Black Lightning bullshit into the mix from, from fan holes. That's what our speculation is for mine. But, you know, who knows? Take our words is law. Yeah, it's all Black Lightning's fault. So yeah, um, that you know that that's kind of a broad overview of uh, you know many many different uh, shorts in the realm of DC Nation. I mean, you can watch those when you you know wake up in the morning to watch Cartoon Network stuff. There's also plenty of uh, plenty of them are uploaded to Cartoon Network's YouTube site. So if you haven't seen any of them, um, you can catch them there. And then uh, a buddy of mine who has a blog called uh, Superhero Shows. Um, you know, he's got a very nice guide to all the different shorts and, and links to the ones that are available online. So if you want to check out that site, um, you know, it's a good site for superhero type stuff and news. And, you know, that guide is well done and well organized. It saved me from having to make a little list for myself. So I always go there to see what's up with uh, DC Nation stuff. Hello, Megan! And so I guess now we're going to go ahead and, and move on to uh, the comic book series that was promised that we were going to talk about. And, uh, of course, this is kind of related to DC Nation, as uh, it's the comic book tie-in to uh, the animated series Young Justice. Um, so this comic, I mean, basically, it, it kind of, you know, it, it's the continuing adventures of Young Justice in comic form. Um, but uh, if you notice on the... Uh, the animated show, there's lots of, uh, you know, title placards where, you know, you, you are, uh, you know, you're informed as to the date, time of, uh, you know, the setting and what's going on and everything. And I think uh, the, the creators of the comics, you know, whether it ended up being Greg Wiseman or, uh, you know, the, the other writing team, I don't know at the time. I, I don't remember who it is, but uh, they... they... Uh, Ke Kevin Hopps, oh, okay. I think, is the other guy. Yeah. yeah. So, so those, you know, whether it's Kevin or Greg, you know, they, they seem to make an effort to have these comic stories take place in between, you know, so they don't overlap. So, if, you know, if there's some scene where they're all at, you know, Mount Justice at Happy Harbor at, you know, 11 p.m. on December 21st, you know, it's like maybe, you know, issue number two takes place, um, you know. December 21st at like, you know, 7 p.m. or something like that. So it doesn't, you know, it doesn't conflict with uh, with the episode. And you can kind of sit there and go, oh, I see. Like this this took place before the third episode because they meet so-and-so or whatever. So uh, 
So I, I guess I guess we we've all read the the series, right? So I mean, are there any you know? Do you want to talk about it at all, Mike? Like, do you have any thoughts on Young Justice? No, we can move on. Okay. All right, that's <laughs> it, guys. End of the show. <laughs> nah. No, I, I I like it. Uh, you know, obviously I love the show, and like the there's a nice like uh, consistency like with both like the writing and the art to like link it with the show, and you know, it's uh, there's a lot of like you know things that like get seeded in the comics that like pop up in the show and vice versa, or like get reinforced and stuff. Like I I guess like uh. I don't know, like an example I would say that I, I guess I noticed a lot of was like in those first like 10 or 12 issues, it's like, uh, you know, they had that episode uh, where like Calder goes back to Atlantis because he's feeling homesick and like, you know, for the first like 10 or 12 issues, it's always like, you know, whenever like the team is talking and they're like, Aqualad, Aqualad, and he's like, like, looking, like looking off into space and he's like, you know, oh, I'm sorry, I was just feeling homesick, you know, you know, it's like, it seems like that happened a lot to me in those first like 10 issues but you know i guess that's what they you know they're trying to set up stuff that happens in the show right but uh yeah i i mean i liked it i i liked uh what do you call uh some of the some of the things were weird like i, I don't know like like clay faces like new origin like it oh, seemed okay. like like he was a m- member of the league of shadows or whatever and you know he fell into the lazarus pit and you know, like it, it seems like some like that. That's a like real Greg Wiseman thing to do, where he like folds like a bunch of different elements that kind of have common things in common to make them all into the one like the one thing that makes sense. Like sort yeah. of like you know. Well, it's it's very it's kind of like if you were writing a movie and you basically streamlined all these different origins and events so they all kind of line up, but you kind of wonder like, oh, this is. This is just a comic. Like I think, I think the way I felt about that the most was uh, was the uh, what is it like eighteen and nineteen or whatever. Like where they basically go into the whole Gorilla City arc and stuff. And to me, I'm kind of like, oh, so we're gonna fold like it's like Solovar, Gorilla Grodd, Monsieur Mala, and fucking um, um, Ultra Humanite. Ultra Humanite all into the same storyline because they're, they're all monkeys. And then by the end of it, it's like, oh, the 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 fabled, awesome, you know, monkey one, and it's like Kongorilla at the end, too, you know, and you're just like, damn, dude, like, I mean, I guess that's cool, it's like, okay, all the monkeys in one place, you know, but it's kind of like, you know, at the same time, you're kind of like, wow, that's a lot of, uh, (laughs) that's a lot of DC history, that's a lot of gorillas, you know, like. It's like, finally, an explanation why, as to why there there is an abundance of super intelligent apes in, like, DC. The the thing about Clayface, it's like, what I thought was especially weird was I'm, I'm reading that issue and I'm like, well, why would Talia have any interest at all in Matt Hagen? But just that's what struck me as really weird. It wasn't that Cause, he, cause he fell into the lab. He's a hot actor like Brad Pitt. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was like, well, is that the origin they're going with? Is that he was an actor and now he's Clayface? And I was like, well. You no, know, because all, all hot actors end up teaming up with, uh, you know, uh, bio-terrorists like Rachel Ghoul. Does that, does that make a lot of sense? It might. Who knows? I, you know, Matt Damon might team up with Rachel Ghoul one day, and that's how it <laughs> so. It's like, with Matt Damon at my side, I can't <laughs> fail. And he's like, Matt Damon. <laughs> uh, you know you're not really, Jason. <laughs> <laughs> Say what? What? Um... 
I, I'll just go to bat for, uh, I, I just want to say real quick, uh, basically reading this, like, I enjoyed reading everything in this series for the most part. And yeah, I did have the kind of moments where I'm like, huh, Clayface, huh, like, you know, five fucking DC super gorillas all at once might be too much for, for my, my, my brain to handle. But, um, I enjoyed uh, the fact that, you know, in, in, in the animated series and in this comic especially, um, Captain Adam is not a douchebag. I like <laughs> Captain Adam. I've always liked Captain Adam. You know, Greg Wiseman co-wrote uh, the original series, I think, starting with, like, issue 9 or 10 all the way to issue 50. Um, you know, issues 9 and 10 of Young Justice, you know, this series... Uh, they, they do a really great streamlined version of his origin, his backstory and everything. I mean, if you're reading, you know, the Captain Adam ongoing series, you know, that kind of, you know, mystery and story was stretched out over, I don't know, maybe like 10 or almost 15 issues. But, you know, they kind of, you know, basically compressed it into those two issues and everything. And uh, that was really fun to read. And then uh, some of the recent issues, you know, where they go into the second season cast, sort of, you know, issue 20 is where that starts, or 21 or something. And, uh, and then, uh, you know, in issue 21, they actually go into uh, another Captain Adam arc where they're all locked up in the crystals. I don't know if you guys read that one, but, uh, you know, it's basically like the, the guy that locked them all up is named Killstar, and he's kind of like a combination between... I don't know, I'd say he's kind of like Brainiac and the Collector from the Marvel Universe combined with, like, Galactus or something. So, like, he's basically like this big bad that, you know, Superman and Captain Atom fought in, you know, the, the Captain Atom comic that Carrie Bates and Greg Wiseman wrote. Um, but they also seem to have incorporated, you know, elements of Young Justice into this. So, like, Superboy is also among, you know, the super powerful people that got kidnapped by, uh, in you know, in the little sort of you know, I'd say crucifix-looking crystals. You know that they get they get trapped in or whatever. So I was I was super happy that uh, you know just basically that you know it just seems like most times you know Captain Adam and Young Justice was like uh, you know you know he he seems to be you know he is the leader of the team basically the Justice League and uh, you know if you watch like you know the old Tim Justice League it's like basically he he fulfilled a Superman type role in terms of a powerhouse which also meant he fulfilled the. Uh, <laughs> well, you know, and then on top of that, because he was military, you know, I'm, you know, I'm just assuming, you know, most people in Hollywood or whatever don't care too much for the military. So it was kind of like, I'm Captain Adam. I blew shit up and er, or whatever. And that's kind of how he came <laughs> off to me, you know, and, and, and basically, you know, other characters like, you know, Supergirl, because she was, you know, a female or, you know, Jon Stewart, you know, or whatever, you know, like those guys, you know, even Green Arrow, you know, because he was. He was the regular dude, like Batman. They all kind of, you know, stole more of the spotlight from Captain Adam. And to me, he kind of looked like a, you know, kind of like a dick who had to, like, learn a lesson or something like that. And, I, you know, who knows if he ever learned it, because you really don't see him after that. You know, like, so it's kind of like, you know, that, that kind of I always thought sucked. And even in Batman Brave and the Bold, you know, I mean, even though I think he kind of had a point with what the hell is Batman doing fighting all these super-powered guys, and I kind of laughed. You know, when, uh, all, you know, he, he goes through, like, all the different villains that should totally be killing Batman, but don't. <laughs> yeah, you know, like, like I always montage. thought that was kind of funny, but at the same time, like, the ultimate point of that story is, oh, Captain Adam's a doof, and, you know, and then he's got to learn how to cut it without his superpowers, which is, like, 
an actual story from Captain Adam, like the Greg Wiseman stuff, but it's like, of course, it's much more serious. Like, he's not basically going, you know, I mean, he, he may have the point of going, geez, how do you, you know, how have you survived this long without powers, you know? But he, he says it in a more respectful manner than, you know, kind of like, hey, you're a goof with a bat suit, you know, or whatever. But anyway, I guess just back on track is, uh, you know, Captain Adam is is super cool in this, you know, and he, he basically gets out of the, you know, the crystal trap and everything like he does in his original comic. And, um, you know, I, I'm just happy to see him, you know, basically, you know, not not looking like a douche. So that that always makes me happy. What about you, Justin? I was going to say, like, the one thing this comic needed more of was um, it needed more Martian, uh, Miss Martian. That's that's what it was missing. <laughs> Uh, yeah, they didn't. They didn't. It seemed like they didn't go into her backstory too much because, like, like kind of like a, a a prequel comic or something. It was like when they did go into her backstory, I was kind of like, oh, she's lying. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like, yeah. you're like, or at least she's she's fibbing it. You know what I mean? Like, she's kind of she's kind of fibbing things a little bit. And so, so I guess they wanted to keep a lot of the surprise and uh, you know shock and awe for the actual television series. But maybe maybe now that some of that's dealt with, you know, in, in the, you know, they can, you know, deal with some more Miss Martian stuff in the quote-unquote season two half of the uh, the comic series. Yeah, well, um, I think the issues I enjoyed the most, um, actually, I think I liked the two-issue Clayface arc a lot, even though it was kind of an odd origin for Clayface. So, like, I kind of like that, you know, it's like Mike was talking about uh, Aqualad being distracted all the time, like, I... I like that. I kind of like that he's always pining for home and Tula still. I think it kind of, you know, when you look at it now, as far as like what's going on in the series now, and he's all like, you know, evil, Rawr. but not. But you know, he's still he's like real, still really depressed about Tula dying and stuff. Like that kind of that kind of gives it more weight, I guess. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah, definitely. And uh, I like the two early issues that dealt with uh, with Artemis. Like I I enjoyed that. Like I like that character a lot. And I was glad to see her get more development in the comic because it seemed like whenever she was on the show, it was just – everybody was so suspicious of her. It's just yeah. – yeah. she didn't really get a time to shine too much on her own. They didn't really – like within the confines of the show, they didn't really explain exactly like yeah. why Artemis was on the team. Like, like, you autom- like it seemed like you automatically assumed she was on the team for some reason, you know? But like in the, the comic pretty much like lays it out for you that no, you know, Batman and Green Arrow had been like watching her and, you know, she'd be a good fit for the team. And it wasn't like any like sneaky ulterior motives or anything, so. Yeah, I also like that scene where um – She's like in jail and she's talking to Icicle Jr. But you know it's just a setup so she can get information from him. And like a- after she finishes that job, she goes up to like Green Arrow and she's like, "Don't ever ask me to do that again because I won't." Like I thought that was a really good moment. Yeah, yeah. I think I, I think it, it's cool because I, I think even Greg Wiseman has said, you know, oh these were, you know, basically ideas we had or you know backstory that we had worked out, but that just didn't find its way into the show, you know, so it's kind of cool that, that there's some kind of format for it to, you know, to be expressed, you know, whether, you know, just, you know, and it's great that it's in, you know, the comic series, so. <laughs> I thought it was kind of funny in, like, the first issue of the second season tie-in where, uh, uh, like, it shows that, what's her name, uh, uh Bet Kane, uh, like, like, she slept with Dick Grayson, 
And then, like, you think back to the first season, and, like, like Dick Grayson, when, uh, I think it's, like, that episode when Artemis has her first day at school, and, like, Dick Grayson, like, pops up and is like, we'll laugh about this someday, and takes a picture with her. Uh, and then, like, Bet Kane is like, you know, ignore that freshman, you know? And, like, then, like, later, like, Dick Grayson's like, ha-ha, you didn't even know who I was. Bam! <laughs> That's funny. I found that funny, yeah. But yeah, you know, it's Greg Wiseman, so it's, you know, obviously there's going to be nods to previous things and, you know, really tight continuity and stuff, like, in regards to that. So I always appreciate that. Yeah, it's cool because, like, it was funny because I was reading it and I'm kind of thinking about how, you know, the second season of Young Justice is like, it's new and it's fresh, you know, or whatever in my head. But then what's funny is when I was reading those, uh, you know, those last two issues, you know, basically, you know, I'm talking about that guy Killstar and everything. And I'm kind of like, oh, shit, like, I remember this, you know, like, so it's kind of funny. It's like <laughs> it's playing with my brain because I'm like, oh, it's like, oh, this stuff is like totally brand new except for this stuff. Because I'm like, oh, he doesn't know that like Ealing you know, did a number on him, and, 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 and the rest of the team doesn't know that, you know, he's working with the government, too, and, you know what I mean? Like, so it's like, oh, he's not, you know, Captain Adam's not completely outed yet in this uh, universe, you know? Like, so I'm like, oh, that's kind of interesting, you know? Like, I wonder if that'll ever come up on the, on the, in the comic later down the road or in the, in the series. If something needs to be addressed, like, knowing Wiseman from, like, Gargoyles and stuff, if something, like, needs to be addressed, it will be, basically, so... Unless they, uh, unless they... Unless, they yeah. Cut, um, cut the spectacular Spider-Man short! Oh. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Too bad. I, I guess since, um, well, as of this recording, Young Justice has been suspended till January or so, uh... Hopefully we can enjoy these comics as kind of like to fill in the time until yeah, it yeah. comes back. And I kind of hope that they use the, the comic series to kind of, you know, fill in some gaps as far as like uh, new characters on season two. Like they filled in a little bit for uh, Blue Beetle. I kind of hope they do a little bit more for uh, Wonder Girl and Batgirl because they haven't really did yeah, a whole really, lot with those characters. Yeah, they haven't really been spotlighted. They've been kind of behind the scenes or background right. type characters. Also, it might be worth mentioning, I don't know, if we have any, you know, uh, young uh, parents out there who want to, you know, expose their kids to comics and stuff. Like, this is, you know, kid-friendly, you know, nobody's nobody's boinking each other or having sex <laughs> or, you know, cutting people's faces off or anything like that. I mean, it's it's not, you know, it's not simplistic. The boinking is, the boinking is only implied. Right, right, right. <laughs> Well, you know, it's not, yeah, it's not on camera blinking, you know, so, so basically I guess my, what my point was going to be was that, you know, they, they may deal with some, some serious stuff, but it, you know, it's well written and, and it's not anything that I, that I don't think any uh, parent would find objectionable for their kids. So I, I think, you know, this is, I, I, this is part of the, the Johnny DC line, isn't it? So it should be. Like a okay, yeah, you know. Like I mean, at least ages, that's that's yeah. that's the intent that it's okay for all ages. But I would I would definitely uh, confirm that, you know, and, and say that you know, and, and it's also just fun to read too. So it's not it's not like it's all ages, and you know, the kid picks it up and then it's like, oh, this is baby shit. I don't want to read this. You know, it's like it'll actually you know be cool too. So so it's not only all ages, but it's it's cool. You know, so I was wondering if uh, you know like. In the current season, they're like, you know, uh, 
Ocean Master has been kicked off the light. So I was kind of wondering if that, like, Ocean Master arc in the comic was going to address that. But I guess that hasn't happened yet, or in the terms of the timeline yeah, yeah. of the comic. But I, I liked, I actually liked that, that uh, Atlantis arc, too. That was a good that was a good story. Yeah, I liked I liked seeing all like the the background like the uh, again I guess you know, like you're talking about Greg Wiseman tries to incorporate like all these different uh, DC underwater uh, characters and so they all seem to be hanging out at Atlantis. So you know you've got like I think it was Laurie like Morris, you know, is sitting there and King Shark and all these guys. So like yeah, there's definitely you know, lots of different, you know, characters that you can see where you're like, hey, what's up with that? And, you know, there's even like what, like uh, their version of Topo or whatever. So, which I thought was kind of funny because they were beating up on the poor guy. But uh, <laughs> I was like, but wait, leave Topo alone. Leave him alone. One thing I did want to mention, though, um, I have the first trade of these comics, but the second trade's not out till like, next month, and they're, it seems like they're really dragging their ass on re- releasing these trades, but I think that's just a DC thing in general. Yeah, yeah. Like, I, it's what, issue 22 is the most recent one? 21. Uh, the, yeah, the last one I read was okay. 21. Okay, so, like, the second trade will have, like, issues, like, 7 to 12, so it's like, you know... But I, I guess DC has a less uh, uh, abrupt release with uh, trades than Marvel does, so I'm not u- I'm not used to that. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, you know, to me, I'm kind of like uh, I think they just announced like a Hitman trade, and I'm kind of like I remember back like ten years ago where we were like, oh man, wouldn't it be cool if they like collected all the Hitmans? You know, like it's, it's like one of those things where they, they, you know, the trade program like sometimes they'll release like two or three of them, and then it just like, with Hitman, it just fucking stopped, you know? And I was like, oh, shit. Like, when I looked at the solicitations, I'm like, they finally released another Hitman trade? It's only been, like, ten fucking years. But, uh, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, sometimes that's that's the way the cookie crumbles with, uh, I guess, with their trade program. I don't know. You know. But, I mean, you would think they'd want to have stuff like Young Justice, you know, that has a TV show on the air also in bookstores where kids can see it, you know, so... Or, or parents that can buy yeah. the book for perspective. Can get access to it, you know? yeah. Cool. Well, I mean, it, this series definitely has a, a high recommendation for me, so. Um, I concur. Me too. Cool. Or three. Awesome. So this seems to be unanimous. We all kind of like uh, Young Justice. Um, I guess we'll go into our awesome things of the week. Um I'll do mine real quick. Uh, I did actually pick up the Blu-rays of the Alien Anthology, as it's titled. Um, I pretty much, I I mean, you know, I've seen all those movies at least once, if not multiple times. Um, I had really old DVDs, like, of the, I guess it was, you know, the, the 79 theatrical release of Alien, and then I had a DVD of, like, the special edition of of aliens, the James Cameron one. And that's all I had for like years and years and years. You know, I, I think I, alien three kind of sucks and what? Well, alien four is whatever. It's so, so, <laughs> so I never went out of my way to buy those. And I think when the, the, what they called the quadrilogy or whatever the fuck was released on DVD in 2003, you know, I never, you know, I'd never upgraded, you know, I never went out and bought more. Um, and I wasn't even sure if I was going to buy this on Blu-ray because I was kind of like, oh, I already have them on DVD. Like, I'm not going to, like, stress about it. But uh, it looked like, like they put them on sale on Amazon, and it was like, I don't know, it was like 30 bucks or something. And I was like, oh, shit, when they do that, that means they're getting ready to, like, 
deplete all their stock. So I'm like, I don't want to have to pay like $150 for some out-of-print alien thing like two years down the road. So I was like, oh, I'll just get it now, you know, because it's on sale. And, you know, if, if, if I fucked up and it's not that big of a deal, it's, you know, I'm like, no big loss. It's only like 30 bucks. But, you know, it was cool to, uh, you know, I pretty much watched all the, uh, the commentaries because I don't think I had had, you know, most of those commentaries, I think, were from, like, the 2003 releases, so I hadn't really heard any of those, and so it was cool to listen to all those, and now there's, like, I don't know, there's, like, two discs of, like, bonus supplementary stuff, so I haven't even gotten through those. Like, I watched uh, a lot of stuff for the first movie, Alien, but I haven't even gotten to, like, all the other stuff, but, um, you know... Like like I said, Alien Three still sucks, but the first two movies are fucking awesome. Uh, the Blu-ray stuff, I mean, it looks good. I mean, you know, it's like obviously these are older films, so you know they're gonna look, you know, uh, you know at least you know Cameron's Aliens, you know, looks really grainy. But I know some people, you know, are purists and they really want to preserve the, you know, the grain and all that other stuff. They get mad when you know people try to digitally clean up old films and stuff like that. So if that's your thing, um, you know, it still looked pretty pretty grainy to me so so you know don't freak out about that and uh, the grain is intact yeah yeah and uh you know i mean as far as like you know the quality and stuff i mean it looked cool you know i mean it looks cool but like i said they're a little older like obviously like with alien 3 it's you know you can really see all the matte lines for the the puppet alien really well and you know what i mean like all that stuff you know i, I think if there's flaws like any flaws that like george lucas would like you know, freak out over being seen in, in the, his original trilogy, you know, without the spruced up special edition stuff. Like, you can see, quote unquote, all those flaws in this. But, you know, on the same token, like, all the model work and the ships and stuff, like, fucking looks great. I mean, and, you know, I don't, I, I don't know. I guess I've never been a big CGI guy, so I just kind of appreciate all the, you know, models and spaceships and stuff like that. So, anyway, that, that's my, um, my quick awesome thing this week. Um, what about you, Mike? What is your awesome thing of the week? Uh, the other night I saw Cloud Atlas. Um, it was a, it was a, it was interesting movie. Uh, I don't think I, I don't think I'd ever sit through it again. It was like three friggin' hours, and I was like, every time it, I thought it was gonna end, it just like opened up a new like subplot, and I was like, oh come on, you know. And like, but it, it was pretty interesting, and you know. Uh, if anything, it's really impressive to watch, like, the makeup and, like, the costuming and stuff. Like, every actor in it plays, like, six or seven different roles, like, spread across different timelines and stuff. And, like, at the end, they, like, in the end credits, they, sh they like, have, like, pictures of, like, every character the actor played. And, like, some of them, you're like, holy crap, that was him, like, under that all that makeup and stuff? Like... You know, that was Hugh Grant, you know, or that was Hugo Weaving, or what? What the hell? And th that part was really impressive, but, you know, so, some of the makeup didn't quite work so well. Like, they would, they had to make, like, Hugo Weaving, like, Asian in, in one part, and, like, it didn't, it looked really unnatural. But other than that, like, uh, that, 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 that was probably the most impressive part of the movie. And, you know, it wasn't, like, a bad story, but it, it kind of, it kind of veered into blue cupcakey territory every so often, as the Wachowskis are, are want to do sometimes. They, they, so, they are, they are anime-inspired. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, interesting movie. Um, I, I would recommend it, uh, 
if you're into like you know fantasy or like weird yeah weird stuff like I don't know like the Matrix almost or, or weird you know. weird stuff like Hugo Weaving having Asian eyes. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Asian Hugo Weaving will haunt your nightmares. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, yeah. All in all, I, I'd recommend it though. Tom Tom Hanks was really good in it, but then he's like really good in anything. So. What about you, Justin? What was your awesome thing this week? I have been watching the anime series Saint Seiya of the Lost Canvas. And um, some of you may remember the Saint Seiya ran on Cartoon Network for a while. It was called Knights of the Zodiac. And this series is a prequel to that. And even though it's a prequel, it's very um, like noob-friendly. Like You don't even need to have seen anything from Saint Seiya. You can just pick it up and go with it. Um, it's really good. It's got a really good story. Um, it's basically, it's like every 200 years, the god Hades and the goddess Athena go to war. And this is just another one of those, like, you know, a story, one of those 200-year cycles. And um, it's got some really great fighting scenes. It's, I don't know, it's kind of like a mix of, like, um, Fist of the North Star and Dragon Ball Z. Um, and the animation is really great. Like, there's some really, really great-looking fight scenes. Um, so if you're looking for, like, a new anime to, you know, sink your teeth into, I recommend Saint Seiya Lost Canvas. Cool. So we got we got some anime, uh, live action film, and then some Blu-rays. So uh, if you like any of those things, check them out. And then uh, I, guess I guess you will hear from us next time on the Fan Holes podcast. And this is uh, oh, I guess uh, you know if you got any comments or you know angry angry emails, send them to fanholespodcast at gmail dot com. And then, uh, you know, check out our, our podcasts, our sidecasts, our blogs. Uh, you know, there's new stuff up every week at, uh, you know, fanholspodcast.blogspot.com. So uh, uh, this is Derek, Derek WC, signing off. Mike Thunderwing, Justin Grimlock. Peace. <laughs>